الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ومن يعظم شعائر الله فإنها من تقوى القلوب صدق الله العظيم Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters. In this world, many things happen. Many things are according to what we wish it was. Many things don't happen how we wished it was. Sometimes a person wants to be very wealthy, but he doesn't seem to be able to have the wealth. Somebody wants to be very healthy, he doesn't seem to be able to gain that health that he wants. Somebody wants something else, they don't seem to be able to get what they are wanting to have. But all these situations a test for us and our entire life is a test and in all this a person is being tested by Allah Ta'ala that how does one respond to the challenges of life to the situations that come about in life and how does one conduct oneself in all the various moments What is the issue is that in this test of life we sometimes cannot see the link between whatever we do and what sometimes happens to us as a result. For example, the good that a person does So this is part of the test that a person cannot immediately see that what is the benefit of this good that I have done in terms of dunya. In terms of akhirat also it's not visible to us now. We have the yaqeen, we have the conviction that whatever Allah Ta'ala has promised us in the akhirat that is a reality. Whatever Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has promised that is a reality. We have the full conviction, the full yaqeen over this. But, this is part of the test that it is not visible to us in dunya as we can see things around us. We can see that somebody is earning money. He worked, he sold something. He got 100 rands now in his pocket. We can't see everything as clear as that. But there is a definite link between the good that a person does and many good things that come along. And likewise, the negative that a person does and many negative consequences that come along. Sometimes a person feels that what is the use doing this? Now, one of those things, others are doing it so fine. If I don't do it, no big deal about it, but sometimes in just neglecting certain things or 
letting some opportunities pass without taking the benefit of it, we lose out from very great benefits. To understand this in the context that we are talking about, it will be very easy to understand it by means of an example, and the example that is in the Hadith Sharif. The very well-known Hadith Sharif, which we have probably heard many times, about the three people that were traveling, this is a Hadith of Bukhari Sharif, and it discusses the incident of some people in the Bani Israel. So the three people were traveling, and en route, while they were going, now in that time, that zamana, they were probably traveling on horseback or camelback, or maybe just walking, and they were traveling, and suddenly this huge storm broke out. So in order to take refuge, to save themselves from the storm, there was a cave nearby, they went away inside this cave. And now when storms break, then they are sometimes from mountains, rocks fall, and things happen. So likewise, one huge rock fell, and it fell right at the mouth of this cave. And it blocked the exit from the cave. Now these people are trapped inside. These three people are inside this cave and they cannot leave now. So it wasn't in the time and age that we are in that now we'll try and send one SMS. Perhaps even in this time and age that too might not have been possible because the reception won't work there. So they're trapped. They can't tell anybody where they are, what's going on. Nobody perhaps knows what's going on. And the thing that was obvious now is that if they cannot leave this cave, they're going to starve to death soon. It'll be one day, two days, how long? They don't have anything much to survive on. And eventually they'll start starving to death. So it now is a life and death situation. Now they were stuck in this life and death situation. They don't have the strength to push this huge rock it's beyond them. It's too heavy for them to be able to push it out. Now what can they do? So they spoke among themselves and said, the only thing that will save you now is to present some amal that you did solely for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Now this is the lesson for us already that amal that they had done, some good actions that they had done. So there's two things involved here. One is a good action and the other thing is that good action with a good intention, with the correct intention. A good action and an incorrect intention, that too is of no use to the person. Instead that will become a problem for the person. In dunya also and in the akhirat as well. That a person who had done something with the wrong intention. So it was a good action, person is performing salah, but just to get the praise of people person is giving some charity, but just to get the praise of people, is not done for Allah Ta'ala, then this action will be rejected, and the person will be taken to task for it. So it was a good action, but done with the wrong intention, done with the corrupted intention, that corrupted intention destroyed the action. So as a result, that became now a problem for the person in dunya also, the ill effects of that will come, and in akhirat especially, that's a very big problem. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. 
So one is that a good action but with the wrong intention, that too is useless. And likewise a person got some very good intentions but not following it up with action, then that too, mashallah, the good intention is very good. person will get rewarded for the good intention. But the benefit of the action itself, that now a person didn't get that. So the good intention should be there and should be followed up with that action as well. These people did some good actions. Now they are talking to one another. That present this good action that you did for Allah Ta'ala alone. And with the barakat of this good action, you make dua. So the one person now started making dua first. That Ya Allah, my parents were elderly. I would come home every evening after having grazed the sheep, etc. And I would bring the milk and I would first feed my parents. And then I would see to the needs of my children and family. So this was the standard practice that till my parents haven't had their share of the milk, nobody else would also partake of it. But this one day I went very far away because of trying to graze the sheep. Maybe the pastures were not adequate. So he went far away. By the time he came, it was quite late. And the parents fell asleep by that time. Now when they fell asleep, so he came. Now he didn't want to deprive them of their share first. So he came to their bedside, but they had fallen asleep. Now what happens sometimes, a person thinks, well, just now this will take place, just now it will take place. So likewise, he also thought, well, maybe just now they'll wake up, because they slept away hungry. So just now their eyes will open. And now sometimes it just now, just now, just continues. Say, well, now it's already one hour, so it should be any time. Now it's one and a half hours, so now definitely, and that time just carries on passing. So likewise, he remained standing there waiting for them to wake up. Can we imagine now, he's standing at their bedside, he hasn't had his own meal now, his own share of the milk, his children are also wanting their share, but now he says, how can he now not give his parents their share first? And he's waiting, and the moments are ticking, and as a the time passed, eventually the whole night passed. And the whole night he stood there at their bedside out of the zeal to serve them, to be of making their khidmat, to be an obedient child, to take their du'as. So eventually they woke up by the time the night had passed. Then he gave them their mulk. Now he is making du'a, Ya Allah, if you are aware, and indeed Allah is aware of everything, meaning that my heart, even I can't vouch that it was 100% with sincerity. I think I did it sincerely, but even I am not sure 100%. Ya Allah, if you know, and indeed Allah Ta'ala knows everything, that what I did was solely for your pleasure. Then ya Allah, with the barakat of this, you move this rock from us. When he made dua in this way, Allah Ta'ala caused that rock to move. But it moved just a little. It wasn't enough for them to be able to squeeze out of this cave. But now the point in this is, that when this amal happened long ago, long before this situation and this incident of being trapped in the cave, that amal that he did of standing at the bedside of his parents, which was a very great thing now that he was so devoted to the service of his parents. And he didn't want to 
disobeyed him in any way. This amal had happened long prior to this incident. He could not have imagined at that time that this amal will become a means of saving me from a life and death situation. That was something that could not have crossed his mind at that time. At that time, it was just a good act, mashallah, something to be done, that a person makes khidmat of his parents, a person serves his parents, a person does not disobey his parents, a person tries to take the du'as of the parents. So all this was something that was obvious, but to imagine that this amal will become the means of saving me from a life and death situation, meaning that saving me from the brink of death, that couldn't have crossed his mind. But now this contributed towards getting saved from this problem that they were in. That the rock moved. It didn't move enough, but it moved. So it was already a contribution in that. Now this is the point that we are making, that sometimes the good a person does, a person cannot foresee what good it will bring later. But it comes and helps a person at a time that a person cannot imagine and where nothing else will help. Now imagine a person trapped in the cave. He's got a lot of money in his pocket. He's got a very healthy bank balance. Millions in the bank. He's got a lot of power and influence. He's a very influential person. He's got a whole lot of other things that he can just click his fingers and people are ready to jump to do whatever he's commanding. Now such a person got stranded in a very very remote place. Allah forbid and there's no phone reception, he's stuck, his car broke down, and he's alone, and there's nobody passing by there, it's a dangerous place. Now what is he going to do there? He's totally standard. He's in a remote place, he went for some work somewhere, top of, deep in the mountain somewhere, now there's no reception, and there's nobody he knows there, and there's no traffic passing by, and these things have happened. People got standard. Allah forbid Allah ta'ala save us. Now in such a situation, can all these things make any difference? That well, I got a very big bank balance, so I'll just... What was the bank balance going to help in that time? Well, I got a lot of people that just jump at my command. But where are those people now? Can they come and help? They don't even know where you are. Okay, I got all these fancy phones. I got this iPhone. and But there's no reception. You can't make contact with anybody. Well, I got so much of money in my pocket... I've got a very big amount of money in my pocket. So what is that money going to do? This can't buy anything here. You stand in the middle of nowhere. So can we imagine the situation that we all these things of dunya which we rely on, all those contacts that we relied on, all that support that we relied on, but a time comes when none of these things are of any avail. None of these things make any difference. It might not be always in the situation where a person is stranded in the middle of nowhere. But all these things make no difference at that time. What makes a difference is our connection with Allah Ta'ala. So now these halat come, these halat come as a test. But if the connection is with Allah Ta'ala, then that will come as an assistance. So now this amal that was done sincerely for Allah Ta'ala long ago, a good action then with a pure intention. Now that Amal came to his aid. When no insan could come to the aid, no money could come to the help, to help the person, 
all his contacts couldn't come to help him, nothing could help him, his a'mal are now benefiting him. Those a'mal that were done with a pure intention, only for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. Now with the barakat of that, Allah Ta'ala's help is coming. So this person now made his dua. The second person, Ya Allah, I had this employee, he did the work, and then I gave him, presented to him his wages, but for some reason he thought, he misunderstood something, and he thought that maybe I am cheating him or something. He got angry, he left it and went away. He didn't take his money at all. Whereas he was in a, he misunderstood something, so now when he went away, so now this is his money, I need to now pass it on to him, but now he's gone, so how do I get it to him? Probably he didn't know how to get hold of him, didn't know the person's address, didn't know where he came from, he just did some work, and now he left his money and went away. So what he did, his responsibility was to take it and keep it aside, the day this person comes, or he finds him, to give it back to him, that is all he was responsible for. But he thought to himself that nevertheless, this person, his money now is not going to be of any benefit to him. His money is lying here, he is gone, and as a result now, this profit that he could have earned out of using this money in some business, etc., that is all going to be lost to him. So he started doing the business for him, in the sense that he probably bought some goats, and now those goats started increasing, now he's taking care of it, he's tending to it. It's a big job, very big job all this. And over time more goats were born and this flock started growing. And after some time had passed, this employee came back. And he came and he demanded, please give me what is due to me. So the employer told him, you see this entire valley of goats, all these goats are yours. Now what amount he was owed was obviously a small amount. Maybe you could buy just one goat maybe with it. Allah knows. Here he is seeing this whole valley full of goats. So he realized that this is not what I was owed. He thought the person is making a mockery of him. He tells him, please don't joke with me now. Don't make a mockery of me. Give me what's due to me and let me go. So this person replies and says, no, all this is yours now. He might have explained to him then that what I did. He says, that person, mashallah, took all those goats away. He took every last one away. Now he did this very great amal, took care of somebody's wealth, then invested it and tended to all this. Ya Allah, if I did this only for your pleasure, not that people must talk about me, people must say that no, I'm a very good person and people must praise me that this person, mashallah, what a wonderful person. It wasn't done for that purpose. It wasn't done at all to gain any recognition, any fame, any honor from anybody in dunya, not at all. It was done that Allah Ta'ala must become pleased. So now he presented this amal. Ya Allah, if you know I did this solely for you, Ya Allah, you remove this rock. Allah Ta'ala made that mock rock move again. It moved again, opened out more, but again still not enough for them to be able to sneak out. But now once more, the same lesson. That this action of having looked after that employee's wealth and invested it and so on, it happened long before this incident of the cave. At that time, when he was undertaking this sacrifice, undertaking this difficulty of serving this employee of his by looking after his money, by investing it, 
by tending to that flock of sheep, he could not have imagined that what will be the benefit of this. It was beyond him. It was not anywhere close to him being able to work out that what benefit this will bring to me in dunya. I am now sacrificing. I am uh, maybe not having some of the leisures and pleasures that I would have been enjoying if I didn't have this extra work to do. But now he's doing that extra work. And he's sacrificing his comfort. He's sacrificing his leisure and pleasure for the sake of somebody else's good. At that time, he could not have imagined what it will bring for him. But it brought his benefit when? When he was in this real tight situation, this life and death situation, on the brink of death. And now this amal became the means of his safety. That as a result of this, Allah Ta'ala's help came and now it contributed towards the moving of this rock. Now can we imagine that what good comes in dunya, what is in akhirat is beyond imagination. But what good comes to a person in dunya when the person has done that good sincerely, no ulterior motive, not for anybody else, only for Allah Ta'ala, to please Allah Ta'ala. But again in that, that when that opportunity comes, then a person doesn't neglect that opportunity or just ignore that opportunity. Well, fine. Because we don't know where this will bring that benefit. But it was done for Allah Ta'ala alone. And the akhirat benefit is confirmed 100%. Even in dunya that benefit comes. So the second person also presented this amal. The third person he then made dua. Ya Allah was on the verge of committing this guna, this terrible sin, this disgusting act. And at the last moment, something came in the heart of that girl and she said, Fi Allah Ta'ala. He says, I went away from there. And that money that I had given, that too I left it behind. Now what he did was, for the fear of Allah Ta'ala, and for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, not because of insan. It wasn't because of insan. If it was because of insan, then there was no insan there to stop him. But for the fear of Allah Ta'ala. And to please Allah Ta'ala. And in order to earn the help of Allah Ta'ala, what he did, he restrained himself from a temptation, the temptation of sin. Now at that time, when a person is saving oneself, restraining oneself from temptation of sin, there is a huge tug of war within. And the person says, but now I am torturing myself, Nauzubillah. Why should I? Everybody is enjoying themselves, why should I get left out? Everybody is looking at haram, why should I not look at haram, Nauzubillah? Everybody is going to these haram places. Why should I not do that? They are dressing up in this jeans and in this whatever else and they are feeling like they are top of the world. Why should I not dress up like that too? They are wearing this tight clothing and this tight cloaks also nowadays and they are feeling like they are one up. So why I must feel like I am many feet down? I should also be one up. Na'uzubillah. Now at that time to refrain from that temptation to do the wrong thing that is being tempting one the temptation to do the wrong becomes very strong. 
everybody seeming to be dressing in this way, which is obviously not the way that the Sahabiyat would have been able to even imagine that a Muslim woman would dress in that way. It was beyond their wildest imagination that a Muslim would be able to wear that kind of garments. And especially in this time and age, this jeans and t-shirt culture, which has become the norm. And now to say to somebody that this is wrong, they say, what's wrong? Say, what's wrong? This what's wrong, this is the proof of how deep this wrong has become. That now the person cannot even see the wrong in it anymore. So, at that time when restraining oneself from this temptation, a person cannot think that this inner sacrifice that I am making, this mujahada that I am making, what good it will bring. At this moment it's a real tug of war within. But now this tug of war is taking place, in future what good is going to bring, at that time a person cannot imagine it. And dunya is after all a place of test. So it doesn't become clear immediately and visible immediately that what will come in return. But now look at this person. He refrained from that sin despite the temptation of the moment. And despite there being no physical or other obstacles in the way. But for the fear of Allah Ta'ala, to please Allah Ta'ala, he then moved out because as soon as this was told to him, fear Allah Ta'ala, that came in his heart. And only for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, he left the guna and sin and went away. He said, Ya Allah, if this was done only for your pleasure, move this rock. That rock moved. And it moved now to the point where they could leave and say, be saved. But now at that time when the person, when he was now, this incident happened where he did not give in to that temptation, it had happened long before the incident of the cave. He couldn't imagine that one day I will be at the brink of death. I will be in a life and death situation, and at the brink of death. And this amal will become the means of saving me. He couldn't have imagined it. But that is exactly what happened. That as a result of that amal, that good action, which happened long before, happened only, was done only for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, that now came to his help and his aid, and that became the means of his safety, that became the means of his gaining safety from the brink of death at that moment. So likewise, we are presented with many opportunities almost daily to do some good, and daily we are tugged in some way or the other to commit haram. But a person then does not give in to that haram temptation. And the person doesn't neglect those opportunities. Some things might be sometimes a little beyond our capacity. But many things are easily possible for us to do. It's just a matter of overcoming our laziness sometimes. For example, salah on time, not just on time, early in time. Now that's just a matter of overcoming that laziness. But now that is showing extra importance to Salah. We don't know at which point what barakat that will bring. One is the sawab, one is the fulfillment of the obligation, all this is in its place. But over and above that, that extra importance we gave to Salah, that we took the care to perform it before time.
meaning before time, not before the time comes in, but before the time we normally performing it, waiting till the last moment and then performing it hurriedly, early in the time, the time came in and the giving the prior importance to Salah. Not that when everything else is now we done with, then we'll try and squeeze the Salah in. No, first the Salah, and then whatever else. Now that extra importance we gave to the Salah, we don't know where and when that will bring its Barakat. In dunya, akhirat is obvious, in dunya. We took the time to make our Tasbihat. Now at that time, person was sometimes maybe feeling sleepy, or something else was now distracting person said, no, I need to complete my tilawat, I need to complete my tasbihat properly. So there was some mujahada involved. At that time, we cannot fathom that way this mujahada will bring its benefit. But it will bring it. It will come. We won't even remember that time. That at that day I sat down, I didn't allow that distraction to take, take me away. I remained firm. We do not know, we won't remember it. Everybody was going to that fair and to that bazaar and that souk and whatever else. And at that time, this temptation was very strong in me. And I wanted to go also. But I knew this place is not the right place to be. There's so much of all this intermingling taking place there. There's all kinds of things that are not correct at all in terms of Sharia. This is no way that I should be anywhere near such a place. So now that thought came in my mind that no, this is not for me. And despite the temptation, everybody was going. I said, no, I'm not going in all these bazaars and fairs and whatever else. So at that time, a person doesn't imagine when and where the barakat of this will come. Can't think about it that time. When the time it comes, a person even forgot that sacrifice of that moment. That the temptation was so strong and I had to really pressure myself, get involved in some tilawat of the Quran Sharif at that time, get involved in some zikr and tasbihat, start reading some good kitab and book, and as a result somehow that I managed to just stay, person now forgot about all that. But that's the time now this barakat comes. And it becomes a means of so much of good for a person. Now this is the one side of it. That the good that a person did, it brings its benefit in this way. And there's the other side of it also. Sometimes a person does some negative action, and the person cannot foresee when this will come back at me. Like for example, Nabi Islam sent the letter to Kisra inviting towards Islam so Kisra showed utter disrespect to that letter he na'uzubillah tore that letter of Nabi Islam now when he was doing this severe act of disrespect he couldn't imagine what would be the consequences of this what would be the end result of this later on what it will bring the sahabi who had taken that letter he came back and he reported this is what Kisra did Nabi Islam replied, Mazzaqa Kisra Mulkahu. Are Kisra didn't just turn, tear some paper. <coughs> this disrespect of his has actually torn his kingdom. He's torn his own kingdom. Now, when he was tearing paper, could he have imagined that this disrespect is going to tear my whole future? He couldn't have imagined that. But that is what it did. It tore his future. So likewise, sometimes a person is doing something which the person thinks this is fun. Creating some kind of problem for the Malima, disrespecting some senior of deen, disrespecting the Quran Sharif, the Madrasa, disrespecting the symbols of deen, 
not concerned about how one is conducting oneself. And while all this is happening, the person thinks nothing about it. But Allah forbid, in a short while sometimes it just goes all in a different direction. Kisra tore this letter and barely some, a short while later his own son killed him. This became the first point. Then that son, he ate up some poison thinking it to be something else, which his father had kept in one cupboard. Now he opened the cupboards, he saw this thing here, he thought this was something beneficial to eat, he ate it up, it was poison. He died. And now as a result there was total chaos in the country. Isra tore up his whole kingdom. So now, the disrespect especially is a very severe thing. This is something we should be very conscious about. The symbols of deen, for example the azan, the month of Ramadan, the Quran Sharif, and all these things, then the teachings of deen, to respect that also, especially the aspects of haya, everything especially, this is for everybody, for males, females, but especially in the case of females, there's even extra care that is required with regards to haya, because there are various differences in males and females. The satar of a male is different, the satar of a female is very much more than that of a male. So now this requires so much more haya in everything that she does. A male, he'll might tolerate him, okay, he's going around playing some soccer or something, but now would that be tolerable for a female also? So now even though it's in a private situation, but there are differences in all this. So this everything that is conducive to haya will have to be given the highest priority. And anything that is against or does not fulfill this criteria of haya completely, that will have to be now avoided and refrained from. Now, this respecting this teaching of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in this regard, in terms of adab and akhlaq, respecting those teachings, dealing with everybody with the best of akhlaq, with the best of respect and honor, dealing with everything in the way that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is taught. Now, this is the respect that a person is showing. When a person is showing this respect, it will bring such good later, now and later, the person cannot imagine. And this respect, it brings major problems. But when the problem comes, the person doesn't even remember where it started off from. So this is the thing that we need to learn this lesson from, that every opportunity of good that comes, don't let it pass. Whatever is possible for us to do, what is the faraiz, wajibat, sunnat, mu'akkada, there is no question of leaving it out. We have to do that. But that sacrifice that we'll make to do it with more care, do it in a better manner, that too will bring tremendous great benefits for us in dunya also, let alone in akhirat. And over and above that, whatever other good actions, good opportunities come, we make sure we try to do the best. We don't shirk, we don't let that opportunity pass. And similarly, when we are tempted towards haram, towards sin, or there's some aspect that we are now, this disrespect that is now sort of dragging us, we don't get into that. We stay far from it. So that we don't get caught up in something that will be detrimental to us, that will be harmful to us, and might just change the whole situation for us. That where suddenly a person now was, mashallah, going very consciously on deen, and this is unfortunately the thing that we don't even realize is azab. 
person was busy with the amal, busy with the salah. Otherwise, worldly challenges, even the Amyali Muslim also, they faced many worldly challenges. But the azab comes in the form of, sometimes a person, it comes in many ways, but the most severe situation is, that where the azab comes in the form of getting deprived of deen, that the person was performing all the salah properly, now suddenly salah is becoming a very neglected thing. The person was making dua regularly, the dua is gone. Person was making tilawat daily, the tilawat is lacking now. Person was now very conscious previously of haya, that I must dress in a modest manner, I must be conscious of deen, I must not do things that are against the dictates of haya. Now everything goes. Before the person wasn't looking at any haram, now the person looking at haram. This is a azab. And this azab sometimes comes as a result of disrespect to things of deen, people of deen. Allah forbid, this is a very dangerous thing. May Allah ta'ala give me and all of us itawfiq that we make the best of every opportunity of good and we save ourselves from all evil. Allah ta'ala protect us and save us. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله